Welcome, everybody, to episode number 291 of the best podcast in the world. That's right. This is the Sean Sports Stop Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I apologize for the uh, significant delay in the since the last time I did an episode. It's been about six days. I literally recorded two episodes last night. Right now it's um, right now it's Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, 9:48 here in Los Angeles. I recorded two episodes last night. And twice I tried to publish them, and both times they weren't published, so obviously that was very upset. Hopefully it's going to be all good with this one. And from now on, I'm pledging and committing to doing daily episodes like the show has been intended to be. I mean, through through the first um, like eight months of doing the show, I did uh, pretty much I did over 200 episodes, nine months, first nine months. Since then, in almost two years, I've I've not even done 100 episodes, so that's pathetic. I mean, it's obviously not daily in 2020 so far. We are in, we're well into September, and I've only done 15 podcast episodes. That's inexcusable. That should be how many I'm doing in two weeks, not in like nine months. So I'm going to get back to it for sure. Obviously, lots to talk about on this episode uh, with the NBA playoffs, obviously in full swing, the NFL season only being like three days away. Baseball being a couple of weeks from playoffs, the NHL being in the playoffs. Uh, but before I get into everything, first and foremost, I want to wish everyone, I hope everyone's staying safe out there. If you enjoy my show, please feel free to leave any kind of review with real feedback or just a rating on iTunes. Follow me on Spotify, do that whole thing. Uh, follow me on IG at T H A B O Y Y 62, the boy 62. And uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Crimson IT for sponsoring today's podcast podcast episode and without further ado let's get right into it starting with the nfl so dallas cowboys owner jerry jones discussed the difficulties of being quote sensitive to players concerns amid the black lives matter movement and the potential backlash from some fans if members of the organization kneel during the national anthem throughout the 2020 nfl season he talked about how the situation is a balancing act during an appearance tuesday on 105.3 the fan radio in dallas saying quote that is a huge issue, huge, you know, by just the nature of the way that I run the team, how much I, I appreciate the interest that's in the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know there's interest just because they want to see us be great, but still that big interest is there. I'm very, get beat, actually. But still that big interest is there. I'm very sensitive to that. That's exactly why I've said that I want our players to be very sensitive to just how important it is to the majority of our fans. More than any other team, the majority of our fans, how sensitive they are recognizing what this great country is and what this flag stands for. So this is a very interesting position from Jerry Jones. He's basically saying that he knows that Dallas Cowboy fans are going to be against things like BLM much more than fans of other teams. So I'm curious what Jerry Jones's personal position is. I'm not, I'm not at a, in a position to try to guess. I don't, I don't really know. But it's, it's a very interesting viewpoint that he brings up. Speaking of. Uh, Things like BLM that in the NFL, EA Sports announced an agreement with free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick on Tuesday to add him to the Madden NFL 21 video game. Kaepernick obviously last played in the NFL in 2016 with the San Francisco 49ers. He has remained unsigned for the past three seasons, despite stating his desire to resume his football career after starting the movement in the 2016 preseason of kneeling during the national anthem to protest racial injustice. He'll be the top-rated free agent quarterback available in Madden at 81 overall. Um, along with his availability in franchise mode, EA Sports noted there will be a couple of special additions to the game involving Kaepernick. 
So Kaepernick's in the game. He's going to be ahead of Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. Honestly, I don't think he should be ahead of... I think he should be higher than Ryan Tannehill, not higher than Derek Carr, not higher than Baker Mayfield, not higher than Cam Newton, not higher than Josh I'm not sure exactly how he's not. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles literally just signed 43, 41-year-old veteran quarterback Josh McCown, who's been in the NFL since 2002. So if that's the like when that's the case, I don't see why the Eagles wouldn't call up Kaepernick if it was purely football and there weren't and they didn't have ulterior motives politically. It's pretty obvious that that's what it is amongst NFL teams, owners, and executives. So with that, I'm switching gears to more football. The Arizona Cardinals have signed receiver DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year extension the team announced on Tuesday. The deal is worth $54.5 million, according to NFL Network. The $27.25 million a year is the highest annual salary in league history for a non-quarterback. The deal includes $42.75 million in guaranteed money. Hopkins also told reporters that his contract includes a no-trade clause and a clause that won't allow him to receive the franchise tag. But this isn't all. Because he still has three years left on his current contract, which puts him at a total of $94 million over the next five seasons for an average of $18.8 million a year. He's now signed with the Arizona Cardinals through 2024. And I'm honestly not sure why the Houston Texans traded him to the Arizona Cardinals, but they did. They traded him and a fourth-round pick in exchange for David Johnson, a second-round pick in 2020, and a fourth-round pick in 2021. Uh, honestly, the only thing that I can think of is that Houston Texans head coach Bill O'Brien just wasn't getting along with DeAndre Hopkins because Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the, in the NFL, if not the best wide receiver at the moment. Uh, when he was asked about it, he said, quote, it was it was in the best interest of our team. DeAndre Hopkins was a great football player. We loved DeAndre Hopkins. He had three years left on his deal and he wanted a raise. Not really sure what's wrong with wanting a raise when your name is DeAndre Hopkins. And the 28-year-old only has a $12.5 million cap hit for 2020, which ranks 14th among receivers in terms of obviously cap hit among the receivers. And honestly, he's obviously better than, uh, you know, top 14 in the wide receiver position in the NFL. That's for sure. So he's, that's huge for the Cardinals, in my opinion, with their young quarterback of Kyler Murray. That's a huge weapon to have for him long term alongside Larry Fitzgerald and others. With that, I'm switching gears to the NBA. After winning the league's Defensive Player of the Year award, Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, I'll be, who I will be talking about extensively later in the episode, Headline the 2019-20 NBA All-Defensive Team, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart, and Ben Simmons rounded out the rest of the, the first team. I'm not exactly sure how Ben Simmons is in there over Drew Holiday. JJ um, Redick agrees with my sentiment. The second team consisted of Patrick Beverly, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Kawhi Leonard, and Bam Adebayo. So interesting that there are three Bucks players amongst the first and second team in Giannis Antetokounmpo, Eric Bledsoe, and Brooke Lopez. Surprising to see Brooke Lopez uh, on the second team, to be honest. I, was, I didn't know he's that much of a defender. Um, with that, I'm switching gears back to the NFL. Denver Broncos linebacker Von Miller suffered a potential season-ending ankle injury in practice on Tuesday, according to NFL Network. Per Ian Rappaport, the injury is a serious one and that it's not good based on initial evaluation. However, more will be known on Wednesday following an MRI. Uh, so they believe they, they believe it to be a tendon injury, and he will most likely be out for the season. So a huge loss for the Denver Broncos and their fans, obviously. He reached his sixth straight Pro Bowl in 2019, but it was a bit of a down year by his you know unbelievable standards. He had eight sacks, which were the second fewest of his career. And along with his uh, drop in defensive production, Denver's defense 
uh, went from fifth in defensive efficiency in 2018 to 13th in 2019. So this is obviously a huge loss for the Denver Broncos. Transitioning back to the NBA, you can now add the Oklahoma City Thunder to the list of teams in the market for a new head coach. Woj of ESPN reports that OKC and Billy Donovan will not pursue a new contract after Donovan's deal expired at the end of this season. The former University of Florida coach left the NCAA for the Thunder in 2015, taking over for Scott Brooks and compiling a 243 and 157 record in five years with four straight first round losses in the playoffs. So they just obviously couldn't get over that hump. I believe Billy Donovan only coached Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant together for one year before KD left to Golden State. Then it was um, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and they added Carmelo Anthony to the mix and just Russ and PG. Then PG got traded to the Clippers. Russ got traded to the Rockets. They got Chris Paul this year. Uh, but it was still a huge success. I mean, they took the Houston Rockets to a to a, to Game 7, and Game 7 was very close. Most people didn't even expect Chris Paul to play in a Thunder uniform. The Thunder had like a 0.4% chance of making the playoffs. So it was still a very successful season for the Thunder, as most people thought that they would just tank. But it, I do think that they need a, a coaching change for sure. Switching gears to the NBA, or NBA playoffs, I should say. The Milwaukee Bucks lost game five to the Miami Heat by a score of 103 to 94 and were eliminated in five games. Giannis Antetokounmpo did not play as he had a sprained right ankle. He came to the arena in a boot. He pretty much didn't play game four either as he injured in the second quarter. Chris Middleton carried the Bucks to a close overtime winning game four, but couldn't repeat the same efforts in game five. Honestly, if Milwaukee would win this game, it'd be very interesting because who knows if Giannis would be able to play game six all of a sudden with them being down 3-2 instead of 3-0. But it's not the case. Jim, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat advance to the conference finals for the first time since 2014 when it was when the Miami Heat were led by LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. They will await the winner of the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. Jimmy Butler has 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, but had, he had 5 turnovers, which is not going to cut it against the Celtics or Raptors or any team, really. Chris Middleton led the way for the Bucks with 23 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Bam Adebayo solid for the Heat, 13 and 6. Dante DiVincenzo was was solid for the Bucks as well. So who knows now where Giannis is going to go. And speaking of that, it is now fair fair to question the current iteration of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, did they reach their peak? It's also fair to question if Giannis, who who will be able to uh, sign a super max contract extension this offseason, will stay or will he request a trade? He said he last night he said quote It's not happening. That's not happening, he told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Some see a wall and go in another, direc- in another direction like Kevin Durant. I plow through it. We just have to get better as a team individually and get right back at it next season. So if he is serious when he says that, which it seems like he is, that means one of two things. Either Giannis will sign a five-year Supermax extension this offseason, expected to be worth somewhere around $220 million, unbelievable money, which is about $80 million more than any other team in free agency could offer him a year from now per ESPN or he'll bypass that payday and still hit free, hit free agency in a year. Doing the, doing the latter, bypassing the Supermax and still hitting free agency, would give him the sort of leverage that LeBron James used with the Cleveland Cavaliers for years, like build a true title contender around me or I'm going to leave. Um, and with that, rumors are already swirling that the Bucks could potentially trade for um, OKC star point guard Chris Paul. So that would be huge. I mean, that'd be like, um, that'd be a potential... That'd be a potential, um, like, you know, closer if Giannis isn't feeling it because Giannis hasn't really been able to close that much. So 
yeah, now I'm going to take a look at the other uh, NBA score. So it's been a few days since I last did my podcast. Let's see what I missed. So the Lakers bounced back in game two against the Houston Rockets, winning 117 to 109. Rajon Rondo was great with a plus 28 plus minus rating. Eric Gordon was great with 24 points. PJ Tucker had 18 points, 11 rebounds. Robert Covington had 17. James Harden had 27. Russell Westbrook was horrible, but he did have 10 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. Danwell House had 13 points and 5 boards. So the Lakers were up by 21 at the half, and they were down after the third quarter as Houston made an unbelievable amount of threes and shot unbelievably well in the third quarter. But it wasn't enough as the Lakers held on for an 8-point win to even the series. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were sensational. LeBron had 28 points, 9 assists, 11 rebounds. AD had 34 points, 4 assists, 10 rebounds. Rajon Rondo had 10 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds, including a big shot. Markeith Morris was amazing with 16 points and 5 rebounds, including four being 4-4 four four from, from 3 in the first quarter. Kyle Kuzma added 13 points and 6 rebounds. So the Lakers bounced back um, yesterday. No, excuse me, Monday. The Boston Celtics took care of the Toronto Raptors, 111-89, to take a 3-2 series lead. They were up 2-0 in the series, and it was looking to be a sweep. As they were up by two points in game three with half a second left. Kyle Lowry threw a Hail Mary to OG Ananubi, who caught the ball, launched a three, made it, and gave gave the Raptors the win on a, on a crazy buzzer-beater play. Uh, and then the Raptors took game four, but the Celtics bounced back with a blowout win in game five. Jalen Brown was sensational with 27 points and six rebounds. Jason Tatum with 18 points, 10 boards, four assists. Kemba Walker with 21 points. Marcus Smart with 12 points, six assists, seven rebounds. Man, Marcus Smart does everything. He plays hard, he shoots the three, he shoots mid-range, he plays defense, he does everything. Brad Wanamaker with 15 points. When Brad Wanamaker scores 15 points, you know the Celtics are going to win the game. As for the Raptors, offensively they were horrible. I mean, uh, arguably arguably their top five players combined for 34 points. Pascal Siakam had 10, OG Anunoby had 7, Marcus Saul had 0 in 14 minutes, Kyle Lowry had 10, and Serge Ibaka had 7, so 7 plus 10, plus 0, plus 7, plus 10, gives us 34, inexcusable, that is not going to get it done for the Raptors, obviously the Heat took care of the Bucks. I already talked about that, and last night the Lakers took a 2-1 series lead against the Rockets with a 112-102 win, it was a close game for pretty much the entire game, with the Rockets honestly playing a good game, but the Lakers just being led by LeBron James, just too much, I mean, between LeBron James, So AD at 26 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists in 39 minutes. LeBron James had 33 points, 5 assists and 7 rebounds. He had no points, no assists, no rebounds in 7 minutes, so not good there. KCP was solid. Rajon Rondo with 21 points, 9 assists, and 2 rebounds in 30 minutes. So obviously he was great. Kyle Kuzma contributing with 14 points, 3 boards. So the Lakers now have a, now have a 2-1 series lead. Second series in a, row, in a row where they lost game 1 and then took games 2 and 3. Hopefully they can win the series as well. P.J. Tucker was just not good. I mean, defensively he was good, but offensively, three points, four rebounds in, in 38 minutes. That is not going to get the job done for the Rockets. Eric Gordon and Robert Covington each had 10 points in 36 minutes. That's not good enough as well either. But James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I mean, they carried the Rockets. Harden had 33-9-9. Westbrook had 36-8. Jeff Green had 16 points. Austin Rivers had no points in 11 minutes. Ben McLemore had no points in 10 minutes. So the role players need to step up, step it up for the Rockets if they want any chance to win. Also, forgot to cover on Monday, the Clippers took a 2-1 series lead against the Denver Nuggets, 113-107. I mean, the Nuggets, same story as the Rockets. They were they, they were great, but they choked in the fourth quarter, and the Clippers just closed it out. Kawhi Leonard 
23 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists in 42 minutes. Paul George, great. I mean, 32, 4, and 4 in 40 minutes. Lou Williams with 10. Montrez Harrell with 11. So when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined for 55 points, and the team shoots 55% from the floor, I mean, you don't need the role players that much. Nikola Jokic carried the Nuggets with 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap each had 11 points on 42 minutes and 28 minutes, respectively. Not good enough, especially for Jeremy Grant. 11 points in 42 minutes. Michael Porter Jr. had a double-double and a huge post for Montrezl Harrell. He needs 18 points and 10 boards. Jamal Murray needs to be better. Only 14 points, 9 assists, and 4 rebounds in 38 minutes. He needs to be better for the Nuggets to win. Later today at 3.30, we got Game 6 between the Raptors and Celtics. I think the Raptors force it to, to Game 7 and the Celtics take it in 7, but who knows? And later at 6, the Clippers and the Nuggets game 4. This is a must-win game for the Nuggets. They cannot afford to go down 3-1 against the Clippers. And I think the Nuggets get the job done and tie the series at 2. So we'll see what happens there. Um, with that, I'm switching gears back to the NFL. Huge news here. The Los Angeles Rams agreed to a record-setting contract extension with a free agent. Uh, no, he's not. no, they agreed to a contract extension with Jalen Ramsey for 5 years and $105 million dollars. Um, which makes him the highest, it's the largest deal ever signed by a cornerback in the NFL. Uh, so he's making the the Rams obviously acquired Ramsey in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars, parting with two first round picks and a fourth rounder to complete the deal in October 2019. So obviously it would be a huge L for the Rams if they traded away two first round picks and a fourth round pick for a guy that would walk after one season. That would be horrible. I mean. One question immediately after the trade was whether the Rams had made any overtures to Ramsey regarding a long-term extension. ESPN's Josina Anderson reported that, quote, no parameters, have, no parameters have even been discussed regarding a new deal when the first when the trade was first struck. Um, so is this huge for the Rams? It's huge for Ramsey as well since he gets paid, you know, what he what he wants. And, I mean, it's big. Um, so with that, I am going to transition into the my predictions for nfl week one to close out this episode of the best podcast in the world the sean sports podcast first up we got the defending super bowl the defending super bowl champion kansas city chiefs at home against the houston texans i think this is a no-brainer the chiefs are at minus nine and a half i think the chiefs win convincingly then we got an interesting matchup the green bay pack the divisional matchup the green bay packers at the minnesota vikings who are minus two and a half i'm gonna go with the packers here despite the vikings being favored just because they're the Packers and they got Aaron Rodgers. Then we got the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. The Patriots are obviously at minus six. They obviously lost Tom Brady and Robert Gronkowski, even though he wasn't playing. Lost Tom Brady. But until further notice, the Patriots are the Patriots and the Dolphins are the Dolphins. So I'm going with the Patriots here, no doubt. Even though the Dolphins beat the Patriots in their last matchup in week 17 of last season. Then we got the Philadelphia Eagles at minus six and a half at the Washington football team. The Eagles are just a better team in this NFC East matchup, and they're going to win convincingly. Then we have a very interesting matchup. The Seattle Seahawks at minus two at the Atlanta Falcons. This is a very tough test for arguably the best team in the NFC. The team is going to be hoping to win the NFC, obviously the NFC West as well. The Atlanta Falcons, though, they're great with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. and But I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks here in a close game, just like the spread is predicting. Then we got the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are at minus eight and a half for a reason they have the defending the reigning excuse me mvp they had the best record in the nfl last season didn't make it to, didn't ha- make a deep playoff run but they're still the ravens and they're still great the browns i think are going to be a lot better they, than they were in the last couple of years i think they're going to they're going to possibly make the playoffs this year like legitimately not just all not just all the hype and stuff but the ravens should win this one 
I think then we have a battle of two teams that aren't really relevant and won't be good this year. The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions were at minus three. I'm going to just go with the Lions on this one because they have the better quarterback in Matthew Stafford and they're the home team here. So that's, that's what gives them the, the edge, in my opinion. Then we got the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills at minus six and a half. Honestly, the Bills are just a much better team. They made the playoffs last year and they're favored by six and a half points for a reason. Next, we got the Indianapolis Colts at minus seven and a half at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are a train wreck. They did almost make the Super Bowl a couple years ago, almost beating the Patriots in the AFC Championship game with their sensational defense, but they pretty much lost every player from that team, so the Colts should walk into Jacksonville and win this one easily. Then we got the Las Vegas Raiders at minus three at the Carolina Panthers. I think you have to go with the Raiders here because they have a fairly established team, and we know what to expect from them for the most part. With the Panthers, they have a new new coaching staff, a new quarterback, a new defense that doesn't include Luke Kuechly, so I think... You just have to go with the, with the Raiders here because we just don't know what to expect from the Panthers whatsoever. Then we got the Los Angeles Chargers at minus three at the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think this is accurate. I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one because the Bengals, they were the worst team in the NFL last year. They, they'll probably be a lot better this year with a sensational college quarterback Joe Burrow. But once again, he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL yet. So with that said, I think you have to pick the Chargers on this one. Then we got an unbelievable matchup. The Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints were at minus three and a half in an NFC South matchup. Tom Brady's first game as a Buccaneer, his first game not as a Patriot. But I think it's going to take some time for them to mesh. I mean, they have a borderline super team there with obviously Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, that team is loaded completely. But I think Drew Brees is a better quarterback than, than uh, Tom Brady. They're playing in New Orleans. It's his first game as a Buccaneer, so I'm going to go with the Saints on this one in a close game. Now, here's an interesting one. The Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers are the defending NFC West champions. They made the Super Bowl last year. The Cardinals did not make the playoffs the last few years. But despite the 49ers being the home team and being the minus 7 favorite on the spread, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one in a close one. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Larry Fitzgerald being their main offensive weapons. I think... They walk into San Francisco and get this win in week one. Here's an interesting one. The Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. The Cowboys are at minus three. But I'm going to go with my team, the Rams, on this one. I, th- I just think they're uh, going to win in a state. They're going to really make a statement with this win. I think they're going to blow the Cowboys out, to be honest. I think, yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. And I think the Rams will, will bounce back nicely this year after uh, disappointing a lot of people last year missing the playoffs. But, um... And make it the Super Bowl the year before. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Giants. Steelers are at minus five. I mean, this is obvious. The Steelers are the better team. The Giants are a train wreck. So Steelers win this one. Here's a very interesting one. The Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are at minus one and a half. So pretty much 50-50. Honestly, I'm not exactly sure how the Broncos are favored in this. Despite being the home team, the Titans made the AFC Championship game last season. So I'm not really sure how the, and the Broncos missed the playoffs. So I'm not exactly sure how they're favored here. Uh, so it's so it's strange uh, and that's all we got so those are my predictions for week one let's see next episode we'll see how many of them I got right thank you guys so much for listening to this, this episode of the Sean Sports Podcast this was episode number 291 appreciate you guys I'll be covering more of the US Open tennis tournament if you're interested on tomorrow's episode along with everything else going on I'll probably get into the NHL playoffs as well I've not covered that at all So with that said, thank you guys again so much for listening. This was number 291. I'll see you guys on number 292 tomorrow. And with that said, have an awesome day. Thanks, guys.